Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Y'all can just cover that, but you hear what we coming with. Others in love with the brother, this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. You want gay kids, you want gay kids, you want gay kids. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, joined this week by Tim Daniel. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. Just got back from Cleveland like an hour ago, so I'm a little tired. Oh, dang. That's You just got back like an hour ago? Yeah, I hit a lot of traffic in Cincy. Not in Columbus, that... not in Cleveland, Cincy. See, that's why you should just live in Cincinnati and bypass all the traffic. Yeah, I need to do that sometime. One of these days, one of these days, we'll, we'll get you to the the Queen City, I don't, the land of Geta. I don't know what else we got. We got Skyline, yeah, yeah Skyline, good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, whatever. And rounding out the three of us is Sean Mackey. Hello, hi. How are things? Things are good. Just got back from Asheville. I feel like all of us went on trips except you. I know, I know. I'm and it's well. My wife is in is in Morocco right now, so she's ta- she's taking a trip for the both of us. Okay, just so, in Morocco. Do you remember Morocco Mole? He was the sidekick to Secret Squirrel. I do not. Okay, well, I do. Re- uh, I do. I do remember going to Morocco at Epcot Center, though. That is that is is that the Morocco that she's in, or is she in Morocco Prime? No, no. Actually, my mother went to the Morocco in Epcot Center about three or four weeks ago, though, which I was oh. surprised to know. She went to the Food and Wine Festival. So and uh, she, yeah, dude, Food and Wine's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Food and Wine's a blast. Uh, I because uh, I, I was down there this time last year, but uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, Morocco is actually where. Typically, you will find the characters uh, playing Aladdin and Jasmine hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Seems, all... seems, seems a little racist, but that's well, cool. I mean, it's a little on the nose, sure. But yeah. uh, another yeah. fun thing about Morocco, though, and this is just a weird weird Disney factoid, uh, you can see the reason the, the Tower of Terror is, is painted the color scheme that it is is because you can see it from Morocco. And they wanted it to blend in with the rest of the buildings in that area, and they didn't want it to stick out. So that's interesting. At, yeah. So so the the Hollywood Tower of Terror is painted the same color scheme as everything else in Morocco because you can actually see it from there. I have a fun fact about that ride as well. Okay. Okay. They built it to a very specific height because if they would have built it approximately twelve inches higher, they would have had to put a radio tower on it. That would have been atrocious. I know. That's why they did it exactly one foot below the requirement for having a radio tower. Enough with the Disney nonsense. We're talking basketball. Come on, guys. Hold on, hold on. What what kind of, like, technical schematic, like, in, like, commercial lean do they have where he has to be like, well, if the building's over this many feet tall, you got to put a radio tower on it. I I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of fun facts about that ride, and we... You know, me and you could go back and forth about Disney weird factoids all day, man. What am I, chopped but... liver on the Disney-ness? Jeez. No, you can chime in any time, man. Do you have any good facts for us? Eddie Murphy did a bad Disney movie once. Thanks, but, Tim. Are you, so are you talking about, you're talking about Haunted Mansion? Yeah. Which actually, has a ride at Disney World. It does, and it's actually a pretty good PS2 game. Oh, I'll be damned. Yeah. If you, if you find a copy of Haunted Mansion on PS2, it's not a terrible game based off of a license. But this is not a Disney podcast, and this is not a video game podcast. This is 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes, you can check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com. Check out all the goods and goodies we've had posted in, in the old text format. Because in us, digital print is not dead. Just the physical print. So, looking at you... National Globe or Inquirer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't read print. That's why you're dead. Uh, housekeeping before we get started. Court Stormers is officially on Stitcher. So much like 48 Minutes, if you search for 
48 Minutes or Court Stormers on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, you will be able to find us. So be sure to, if you're just looking for that good, sweet college jazz, I'm Mike Canizales and Taylor Bergfeld. You can subscribe to them separately on the podcast service of your choice. Also, don't be afraid to get involved in the show with us here at 48 Minutes. Make sure you follow us at, on Twitter at 48 Minutes Network, network spelled without the vowels. So 48, the number 4, the number 8, minutes, N-T-W-R-K. Uh, you can also like us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 48 minutes NBA podcast, 48 the number. I know this is confusing. One of these days, all under the same umbrella, that day is not today. Or if you want to get involved in the conversation, talk to us, create a mailbag of sorts, write into us, because I can't be the only one that sends us emails. You can reach us at 48 minutes podcast, all one word, all spelled out, no numbers, 48 minutes podcast at gmail.com. With that being said, we have a very accidentally Milwaukee Bucks heavy episode ahead of us. Uh, we got a follow-up to the follow-up and fallout, I guess, uh, of the Eric Bledsoe trade. Tim recently made a trip to Cleveland to check out the Bucks play. Uh, and then we've got some drama going on involving Chicago. Speaking of Chicago and Milwaukee, I don't know if you guys saw this, though. Uh... Milwaukee, the the Bucks are offering a pick five. Ticket oh, I did passage. see that. Yeah. Okay, so this is great. So the the Bucks are offering a pick five ticket package, possibly sixth man uh, for the Golden State game, if you'd like. And the way this is laid out is, is the games are ranked, and there are headshots of specific players for each team. So it's like pick pick the player you want to come see in at the Bradley Center, uh, and each team is represented by by their best player. The Chicago Bulls pick for if you want to go see the Bulls play at the Bradley Center, they're offering up the opportunity to just see Benny the Bull. <laughs> Not a specific <laughs> roster member. It's just like it's like you want to see the Bucks play the Nuggets and come see Nikola Jokic play. You want to come see this guy. You want to come see Dirk. You want to come see. It's like no, it's Benny the Bull. <laughs> What's so funny is about Benny the Bull too. Is remember with like Michael Carter Williams and Anthony Morrow got traded to the Bulls and they both went to wear one and everyone went nuts. Yes, <laughs> Benny the Bull wears one. Yeah, dude, Benny wears one. That's why everyone was upset, Tim. Oh, ben- right, not the other guy. No, I don't know who you're talking about. No, Benny wears one. Benny had to. Uh, D- Derek actually had to buy a car for Benny for him to be able to use the number one. <laughs> for this. That's bullshit. That's a total lie. But speaking of the Bucks, our boy, Tim's favorite player of all time, Eric Bledsoe. Where does that come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Was traded at his request. He ended up in actually where Tim thought would be a good fit for him because he knows Eric Bledsoe as his personal favorite player. Uh, Was traded to Milwaukee for Greg Monroe in a protected first round pick. Heavily so, protected. Yes, but uh, poor Greg Monroe, first off, wanting to actually sign with the Bucks and is now going is now in Phoenix. It's a very sad situation for him. I guess good for Phoenix to get a bit of an offensive big uh, to, to pair with Tyson Chandler. It, it's it's even more sad for me. He's on my fantasy team. That's true, but I mean, at least it's a situation where, like like I've always said with fantasy, you you can take an okay player or okay to good player that's on a bad team and you'll benefit from those yeah, you know, kind of inflated stats. Monroe's uh, going to get bought out though. You think so? Yeah, I, I really do. They're going to either try they're trying to trade him for a draft pick which they're not going to get. Or they're hey. going or they're or they're going to buy him out. I don't know where he goes after that though. He where is does he the go? guy that injured Derrick Rose this year. <laughs> well, that could be, that, that, that could be anyone, Tim. That. It's usually Derrick Rose Mostly who is Derrick Rose. Rose, so we shouldn't blame anybody. Mostly Derrick Rose. I forgot slash didn't know Greg Monroe was only twenty seven. Like, yeah, man. It's, it's yeah, it's crazy to me that a younger player like that, like he isn't more in demand. I, I struggle to realize that most of the NBA is, is younger than me at this point, too. Well, you got to think, man. Josh Smith just got back in the NBA. He's 31. I, oh, my God. He's not even old. I know. <laughs> I, I need to come to grips with my mortality. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to take a depressing turn. Uh, so, yeah. 
So that brings the Bucks starting five. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking forget a player I know, but uh, there's Brogdon, there's Bledsoe, Giannis, Middleton, and Thon Maker. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm gonna that's go why he started center last night. It was who started um, last night? Who was it? Holy crap! I can't. Believe John it. Henson. Yeah, it was John Henson. Okay, he played John really Henson. well. Okay. Okay. Good player. Yeah, yeah Henson. Yeah, he's a good player. I think they kind of flip-flop. I think they'll flip-flop those guys. I think Henson will probably get the start for a while, but if Thon starts playing well, which he does from time to time, he's not a bad player. They would uh, also talk about shopping Henson for a while, so I think they might potentially be like showing time. people that they can, you know, this could be a guy they can buy from their team. Yeah. Have we solved the riddle of how old Thon Maker is yet? No. Also, we don't know if he has a high school diploma. Okay. Is it, I think I think someone made this. I want a Photoshop of the 13 going on 30 movie poster uh, <laughs> with Thonmaker. That'd be funny. That'd be nice, except it'd be like 18 going on, I don't know, question marks. But, uh, so how do you guys feel about this trade? Uh, Bledsoe, I think, being moved to a bit more conducive environment. Before the show, Tim, you and I were talking about how the East seems to be more receptive to talent now. Uh, mm-hmm. because they, it needs it. So I, I want to get you guys' takes on, on this deal, uh, how you feel about it for Bledsoe, how you feel about it for Monroe, you know, winners, losers, things like that. So so let's get in the weeds of this deal. Well, first things first, anyone that gets traded to Phoenix, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's a mess of a situation. But I think that, you know, and also, like we kind of talked about yesterday, I don't know how much it really makes sense for Monroe if they do keep him in regards to having Tyson Chandler and Alex Len, but we'll see how that goes as well. I know the Suns are trying to be Brandon Knight, and of course the Bulls been talked there, because why the fuck wouldn't they? Um, they need more point guards. Yeah, apparently. That's what they, they need, need. They need at least seven. Yeah. <laughs> they only have seven, six right now, so they're one away. Um, but in regards to Bledsoe, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great fit, like I said earlier, when I thought that it was going through, I thought that their Orlando would be really good fits for him. Um, you can move Malcolm Brock to the two. Chris Middleton kind of gets a chance to really stretch the floor. You can move Giannis around. And this is a situation where Eric Bledsoe's athleticism can really be on full effect because they use Giannis as their primary ball handler, as they should, obviously. And so that's a situation where he's going to be able to get have some cuts, play off the ball. He's a really, really, really good man-to-man defender. So um, I think this is a great fit for him. I think Jason Kidd's going to be able to do a lot with his lineup with those guys and a pretty decent bench. Um, you know, the East is getting slightly better, obviously. I know Cleveland hasn't got it together yet, but I expect they will, like we said. Washington hasn't clicked yet, but Boston's played really well. And now putting Eric Bledsoe in the mix in Milwaukee makes him even better. So it's not where it needs to be. It's still terrible, but it's a better version of terrible. Now, with Eric Bledsoe being your favorite player, <clears throat> do you think this is the best fit for him? Yes. As his... President of his and flag waving of his fan club. Um, this is the best fit he's had since Kentucky. I'm kidding. When he played with Chris Paul, that was fun too at LA for a little bit. Sure. But it's nice he has a shot to go play in the playoffs. Um, we know they're yeah. going to make it. So, and he played pretty well his two years. Um, I wrote about in my article in 48minutesnetwork.com. Um, his two years he played in the playoffs with the Clippers. He was really good in those playoff matchups. So, mm-hmm. it's a chance for him to be able to do it again. And uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out for him. And I, I know I missed last week's episode, kind of in between that time. I uh, I was looking at Eric Bledsoe's stats because I really just kind of forgot about him. Uh, I even made a joke on the website where in my bio it says I will commonly confuse Eric Bledsoe with Eric Gordon, and that's very much true. Uh, and I was looking at his numbers and everything and how people thought that, yeah, he should stay in the league or stay in college one more year or whatever. And, yeah, I mean, he really seemed, like, to show a lot of growth. And then to kind of be hamstrung on Phoenix like that, it put his situation a bit more in perspective for me as, as you know, kind of a lapsed fan that's been watching from a distance and everything. So I think this will be a really good fit for him. I think it'll be a good situation uh, for him to learn under Jason Kidd. I think, or not really to learn, I guess, but to maybe have a career renaissance of sorts. Uh, Sean, how are you? How are you feeling about everything? Oh, I think it's a perfect fit for him as well. Um, and I'm not just saying that to say that. I think it really is. Like, I think uh, the Bucks needed another player. They need someone else. We'll get into Giannis later. He's incredible. But um, <laughs> as always, I'm never going to talk bad about Giannis Antetokounmpo. But um, 
Yeah, I think it gives them a a decent player to to build around someone who's athletic and like Tim said, he's he's great guarding man to man. He's so so quick with the ball. I, you know, he's an explosive guy like when he wants to be, and uh, you know when he's kind of out there on his own, he really does put on a show. So uh, having him share the floor uh, with a player as versatile as Giannis, I think will he'll really benefit from. I'm, the whole, like, I've always, Eric Bledsoe's always kind of been one of those guys. Is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? Will we ever really know? I don't know. But, um, you know, he's he's great at what he does. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about the starting lineup with that. I'm assuming they're going to run Antetokounmpo at the four now. Not really sure about that. But Last um, night he played four defensively, and put, but he was the kind of the primary ball handler. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's got to do whatever he's got to do. So I'm assuming they're going to start him with Henson, Brogdon, and um, and Middleton. I guess so. I guess throwing Middleton at the at the three, um, if that works. I don't know if they can do it with three guards or not, but we'll we'll see. Um, Jason Kidd's coaching that team, and I've given him a lot of crap, but he's probably a pretty good coach for that group of guys. He's he's beyond the the bump into me so I can spill some ice. Yeah, yeah, I I think he is too. Um, and I I think he's probably. I mean, he's he's doing a lot of he's showing. There's there's no one better to learn the stuff that he was great at than from Jason Kidd. I mean, right. he he he's one of the best of all time. So, um, I you know I I like him there. I think I don't think this makes the Bucks. Even a halfway super team, though, or anything like that, I think it uh, it gets them... I mean, they're going to make the playoffs this year. There's no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind. Giannis will drag them there, and if he keeps putting up the numbers he's going to put up, I, I think he might be MVP. And, and you you, uh, you kind of touched on this in passing, uh, how you don't think the Bucks are necessarily a super team, but they're kind of like a super team of scrap of sorts, where like they've got the parts there, but yeah. they're they're not like, you know... They're not like A plus parts, but like there's there's a very workable engine. Yeah, and on. they're they're not like a, a a great like fantasy you know NBA two K team or anything like that. But um, I I think they're I think they're building nicely. I think uh, getting rid of Greg Monroe was something they had to do. Um, he does put up great stats. I, I'm not going to talk crap about Greg Monroe. He's, when he's uh, healthy. When he's healthy, he puts up good stats. When he's healthy, he does put up good stats, but he's he's out right now for, I think, a month anyway, so it doesn't really matter, and I, I think it's going to be kind of, you know, if they buy him out, I mean, I don't see him playing out in Phoenix at all. I, I, there's no point in it, and he could he could back up another player and get on another team and, and, and really help them out. I I mean, I think I think your idea, Alex, of him going to the Spurs, I think that would be amazing. But they got so many big guys, right? Yeah, it's it wouldn't be of Cleveland like, makes sense with Tristan Thompson being out. Yeah, 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 but they they don't have money for Greg Monroe, dude. You and, think so, you think they're going to throw out a lot of money at Greg Monroe? Let's be honest here. Uh, you got to deal with the the cold weather during the winter is probably going to make his joints contract, and it's it's going to be more oh, you know prone. Tell me, so, you're right. I, Send him back to Detroit then. <laughs> I am I am I am just so tired of like Cleveland just like plugging in players. You know, like they just plug 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 plug. It's like, oh, we need a point guard. Well, there's Deron Williams. Oh, we need a point guard. Oh, there's Derrick Rose. It's it's almost like they've taken my weird fantasy sports strategy where I'm like, oh, he's doing good, but I don't need him, but I don't want anyone else to have him. Exactly. How dare them put together an organization like the Bulls where they just let everything walk, Sean. Forgive them. Hey, just enjoy it for the whole year, Tim. Just enjoy it. So, Tim, on the topic of enjoying things and and mentioning a lot of things about, quote, last night, you went to the queue, the Quicken Loans Arena. Yeah. Only arena named after a PC program for taxes in sports. (laughs) They do mortgages, too. Oh, my bad. Uh, So, A, do you owe federal government any money after processing your taxes through the Quicken Loans Arena? And B, how was it? Talk about it. You got to see some Cavs versus some Bucks. You saw Giannis drop 40. Yeah. Uh, So, let's, let's hear about it. Regale us with your tale of the queue. Sure, man. Well, I will say this after being, you know, I know the three of us have been to the United Center to the bank, as we call it. Um, but I thought the queue was better arena than both of those. It was just so loud the whole time. Uh, a lot of energy, so that was fun. Um, 
really easy to get around. The food was good. The beers weren't terribly priced compared to everywhere else. And the staff was nice, so I'll give the queue a 5 out of 5. I got to see the infamous LeBron picture finally on the side of the Sherwin-Williams building, so that was cool. Um, In regards to the game itself, it was really, really a fun game. It was a really good game. I know a lot of people would talk shit about the Cavs' defense. We're going to talk about the fact they gave 119 points. But 40 of that was Giannis. So. Statistically speaking, apparently, I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but uh, it has come out on a NBA subreddit post that the Cavs' defense currently is rated the worst in the history of the best of NBA. Yeah, it's terrible. But I actually said they played pretty good defense last night. It's just Giannis dropped 40. Um, and that's going to happen because... As, as one Giannis would do. Dude, he is unguardable. Like, I know we can say that from seeing him in TV... And just how good he looks on television. Seeing him in person and just like... Like Jay Crowder, I think, is a really good man-to-man defender. He can he can put pressure on you. Wasn't enough. So they go, okay, well, JR's our best perimeter defender. Wasn't enough. They put LeBron on him. And him and LeBron went at it for a quarter. Where it was just a ton of fun. Where it was, they were going back and forth. Um, I was really impressed with, you know, obviously, with Giannis, obviously. And I think some of the young guys, like Brogdon, really showed his true colors and what he can be in the league. But I kind of have this feeling with with Giannis where it has that like early LeBron feel in Cleveland where they'll have some good to I mean, some okay to good players, but there's no very good players besides him, and he's going to be able to drag them to the playoffs and win games by himself. Obviously, where Sean's right, that's the MVP if you end the season right now. Um, but I think that this Eric Bledsoe thing is going to help them a ton, especially when the Cavs get Isaiah Thomas back. That's going to be humongous having Eric Bledsoe, uh, because that's going to be the, those two teams are probably going to be the top two teams in the Central. But um, on the other side, really blown away with Kevin Love. Uh, it was the first time first time all year we really saw him get aggressive. We saw the old offensive rebounder he was when he was a little heavier. Uh, he got to the free throw line a lot. J.R. Smith finally broke out. Him and LeBron had a joke that he finally wore LeBron's shoes. Now was his first big game of the year, so that was nice. And I was really, actually really excited for how well the Cavaliers played. The defense is still atrocious, but they didn't give up a lot of bad shots last night. They didn't give up a ton of threes. They just gave up Bada de Kumpo as well as everyone else did. Um, I think it's interesting the Cavs are 3-1 and one against the Central Division, 2-5 and five against everybody else. So I think that might play a part that they still might still run the town. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, JR, seeing JR, Love, and LeBron go uh play for the first uh, really well like that. It was my first time seeing Derrick Rose in person. I know he's not the Rose of old, but still fun to watch with how fast and explosive he is with the ball in his hand and getting to the rim. And uh, yeah, overall, I had a great time. And I don't know if it's the win that's going to turn their season and get them going, even though I, I think it's a matter of time. But it was a nice win. And I think they can only win against good teams anyway. Do, do you think that this relieves any of the uh, the pressure from the meme LeBron posted? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Celtics are like, right now, it looks like they're all got about to win their 10th in a row. They're up 12 in the Lakers in the first quarter. But, um, I do appreciate his, what's the big deal, I like Arthur comment. That made me laugh. First off, if anybody is throwing any shade at Ardvar, or at Arthur, they need to just, they need to just watch what they're saying. They need to to back off. They need to back the fuck off, because I know that's Ar- that's that's it's a sacred man in the Derrickson household. Ar- Arthur, PBS is Arthur. I don't really give a shit about the books, but <laughs> I was I somehow I'm too old for the books, but I was never too old for the show. That show is you are treading on sacred ground around me, and if anyone talks shit about Arthur. I I will look them dead in the eye and tell them that they need to sit down and have let me tell them how wrong they are. Because they will be in for <laughs> a entertainment history lesson. <laughs> oh, man. So, kind of like the, the first time I met you and I said I didn't like the movie X2. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I got, I got real heated. <laughs> I went from zero to ten real quick on that one. I'm sorry. I was like, man, this guy is never going to like me. We'll never do a podcast together. <laughs> no, I think your response was like, this guy is crazy. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I threw my drink down, grabbed the table as tight as I could, and went, you mean when Nightcrawler grabbed the president around the throat, pinned him to his desk, and kept the mutant lives matter tag by his tail and dropped it out of the knife? You didn't like that? 
That's actually exactly what happened for those who weren't there, as in any of our listeners and Sean. Right, and and Tim was just like, yeah, I think X2 is a good movie. I'm just like, you're damn right it is. I unclench my fists and blood comes down my palms. Of fear. It's, it's, it's surely better than three. <laughs> Dude, Jesus Christ. I shit my pants and it's been better than three. <laughs> so that was the cue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a lot of fun bars in the area. Cleveland, for all the tough, it makes uh, people make fun of it, which is true. Um, I had a lot of fun, man. A lot of really cool, like, a lot of neat things to see around there in the, in the, in the area between, because the Cavaliers and the Indian scenes are right next to each other, and if this isn't Cleveland in a nutshell, the Brown Stadium is, like, four blocks away. That seems about right. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad you were able to do that. I'm glad you got to take in a game at, at, at the queue. For Cleveland only being, like, four hours from us, I don't really know why I've never ventured out there. Dude, to see a game? I've seen, in the last two weeks, I've doubled the amount of NBA games I've gone to in my life. Dang. Yeah. I was trying to crunch the math and come up with some funny number, and I'm like, no, it's probably four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I was going to be like, what is it now, like four? And I was like, yeah, that's actually the right number, I think. <laughs> I think, yeah. We, do we count fifth since I saw the Olympic team that one summer in the United Center? No. <laughs> Yeah, really, I would say that counts. You think that counts? Yeah, I mean, it's who, so different. Who, who are they so, playing, Tim? Uh... <laughs> okay, if you don't remember, it doesn't count. What country is Grievous Vasquez from? <laughs> <laughs> He's from uh, General Grievous Land. General, god damn it. Yes, it's right next to Boston Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> Deep New Jersey Nets cuts. Uh... So moving on from the, we're just, we're just sticking in the Central Division today, I guess. Uh, Jimmy Butler has made some comments about Bulls, about, about the Bulls organization, the trade. <laughs> uh, also, there's a very funny video of him thinking his canoe is about to capsize, and I suggest I saw that, it's hilarious. Everybody needs to look that video up. Like, just actually, here, everyone that's listening, unless you're in a car, don't do that, and don't, don't watch videos while you drive, you fucking dingus but just if you're not driving pause the show and look up jimmy butler canoe capsize we will wait and that was this way that as funny as we did (laughs) so uh jimmy butler has made comments i i don't i'll let you guys get into the comments about the the, uh, about the trade and everything but there was a follow-up quote to that where uh, he was talking about how Tibbs called him, and was like, you know, he's like, yeah, I was excited, and Tibbs was excited, and then we were talking about it, and, and Tibbs said something along the lines of, it was like, all right, well, I'll let you go, enjoy the rest of your trip in Paris, and Butler said he was shocked because he thought that Tibbs was going to have him on a plane to come practice 16 times in a day. <laughs> That's the Tibbs we love and know. Oh my god, I I miss him. I don't miss him grinding players to a big powdery dust that he sprinkles on lesser players to make them better. But I do miss Tibbs on the on the bench for for the Bulls. Uh, so yeah, uh, Butler's revenge is circled on his calendar for February 9th. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told the organization either it's it's me or Hoiberg, and sticking to their guns. Uh, as as their festivals front office is known to do, said we like this Hoiberg guy. Uh, so, just kind of dissecting this, February 9th should be interesting. What are we? What's the over under on Butler putting up forty? Um, <laughs> well, I don't know because he doesn't score a lot with Minnesota. They've kind of used him as more of a uh, blend in with Townsend Wiggins guy, which is fine. Yeah. yeah, so real real fast, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but this was something I actually meant to text you guys about. Uh, somebody, because I like to lurk on the NBA subreddit so much, uh, somebody left a comment was like, or somebody made a post that was like, so Minnesota fans, how do you guys feel about Jimmy Butler? Because this person was kind of coming from a, from a whelmed to underwhelmed uh, side of it, and all of the comments were like, this dude is the MVP of the team, and he has been a godsend. Because they were talking about how he is more facilitating to to Towns and to Wiggins, 
And on the days where they're like, hey, we kind of need Jimmy to step up, they're like, this dude just crushes it from whatever end of the court he needs to do it on. And it brought a single tear to my eye, and it rolled down my face, and I got real, real nostalgic for the for the kinder days of the Bulls organization. But uh, yeah, so I thought it was interesting to read a bunch of posts from Wolves fans just you know praising the shit, basically saying what we already knew. But while it does on paper kind of feel like Butler's having an off year, uh, I, I still think he's going to be a bit more uh, have the propensity, I guess, to uh, put up some inflated numbers against his old team in February. Yeah, he's going to have those nights, I mean, for sure. And I think that's going to be a big one, obviously, for him. And everything rightfully so. And, you know, it's obviously, it's Jimmy Butler revenge game, like we've mentioned. It's going to be great. In regards to his comments, I'm totally okay with what he said. Um, You know, it's just a kind of a situation where I don't blame him for giving the ultimatum. I know he was tired of it. There's other reports when him and Fred Hoiberg didn't like each other, and he called Fred Hoiberg out for not being tough enough on the team. And it's, you know, made things a lot more interesting in that case. I cannot wait for it. I love revenge games. We have one in a couple weeks where Paul George is going back to Indiana, so that's going to be fun. But this one, Jimmy Butler throwing, throwing down the gauntlet is fucking great, and I can't wait for it. And he didn't say anything wrong or incendiary. He was Not very much just like, no, I told them it was this or me, and they said they're going to go with this, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's not like, and that's what I, that's what I always like about him, is nothing he ever says is really, like, intended to start a riot or start fires or anything like that. It's just very much like, no, I said this, they said this, I said fine. Like, that's your business. And, I don't know, I miss him. Oh, yeah. There's just there's just days I just stay up at night, like, an extra three hours, just like, I miss him. Yeah, he was, uh, he was really something. It, it, uh... I, I feel bad the way it ended in Chicago because he was just, like, really peeking out and, like, you know, now the Timberwolves got him for, you know, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I've, I've hit this dead horse so many times. But, uh, yeah, I the the Timberwolves are, are doing quiet, quietly well right now. Yeah. I mean, they are ranked number three in the West. They've only lost three games. Um, they've they've at, hit their rhythm, for sure. Yeah, they've hit their rhythm. They've quietly, uh, you know, done well uh, against, uh, especially against the Thunder. I, I was really impressed both games that they played against the Thunder, and they played them really well. Um, so, I, you know, Jimmy's going to be Jimmy, and like you guys said, it's... Uh, He's fitting in there, but he doesn't have to score the points that he did in Chicago. He needs to just do the things he does best, playing, you know, good defense, uh, making big shots, uh, and, you know, being a good teammate. That's that's what they need him for. So uh, I think he's really working out there. Yeah, I think you can see it especially now, Sean, with they've won five in a row. They're on fire right now. Um, their defense hasn't clicked yet. You know, they're still pretty low. They're not Cavs bad, but they're about 27th, I think. So... Yeah, I think that you can definitely see what the influences of Butler and a veteran like Jeff Teague for that team for sure. Well, yeah, and 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 the defense is going to come. It's just a matter of time for that stuff to start clicking. Uh, you know, when Tibbs got to Chicago, you know, it wasn't an immediate impact. I mean, they've got the tools to be great at defense, and and they will, and he'll drive them. You know, he will he will drive that with a stake through their through their brains to be able to play that by the time the season's <laughs> over where they're just gonna you know I and 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 that's fine because those guys can take it they're young guys uh, none of them are wearing French uh, sneakers so there's no <laughs> there's no accidents that are gonna happen you know I think that I don't think he's gonna take any additional years off any players or anything like that because these guys are so young I mean Carl Anthony Towns is so young Wiggins is so young and they have the right Right now, they have the right vets around them: Taj Gibson, uh, Jeff Teague. Um, you know, those guys are, are going to be very beneficial for this team, and and Jamal Crawford, by the way. Gorgie's been great so, for them too. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm excited for for what the Timberwolves are. I just uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I know this is like the most petty thing in the world to say about like a team that I consider to be one of my favorites right now. I hate their jerseys this year. You take your back. Them. You shut your whore mouth right now. <laughs> they're, they're terrible, Tim. No, 
Those lime no- green ones are sweet. But that's those are like jerseys that like a high school wears. No, too, their colors are not lime green. Sean, it's highlighted Damn. yellow. First off, I got that wrong. Forgive me. Second, they're great. All right. No, I like the stripe. Not. It's got a very European soccer look to it. Very Minnesota. Um, if they were to get a purple one for Prince, how Price, is that's European definitely... soccer Minnesota? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you just made the, you're just making shit up now. <laughs> I'm trying to get to a point, Sean, here where I said I want them to get purple jerseys for Prince Night, but you're ruining my jokes. So yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Oh hey, my god. Can they, fr- can they have, like, frilly collars? <laughs> I am all cool with them bringing out purple, but, but lime green, now nah, I'm out. Highlighter yellow. Don't insult okay. it. Okay. Sure. Alright, so. Should they get Julius Randle, by the way? Mm. Thunder? No. Minnesota. Mm. Oh, he's gonna get yeah, traded. That's what I meant. They're not gonna. They're not gonna renounce his rights for them to lose nothing. Yeah, uh, I could see him going. <sighs> On my game, he went to the Magic, so I'm gonna go with Magic just just for fun. I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, because Aaron Gordon's basically a three now anyway, so I, I right. you know, he could he could pull that off, but yeah, Julius Randle out in in. Timberwolves land wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing. I like Julius Randle a lot. Like I think the Lakers undervalue him, but he he's going to get paid next year, and they're not going to have the money for it because they're going to be throwing their money at some unnamed sources. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Still doing that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's just kind of do a weekly recap here. Uh, who's impressing us? Who's depressing us? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll start. I guess if that's cool. Um, yes. Impressing. I I'm gonna go with Boston. Uh, they got off to an incredibly rough start at, at 0 and 2. They haven't lost since. As Tim has mentioned early on in this game, they're on they're on pace to win their tenth in a row at the time of recording this. Uh, whether they do or not, I'm not sure. They're going against the Lakers, which I'm sure will get brought up later. Uh, but yeah, so I, I know I had slated them post Hayward injury to finish third. Uh, I still think that's true. I don't know if Washington will be the team that comes in second, based on how they've been playing since John Wall kind of shot his mouth off. But uh, so impressed, Boston, depressed. Those damn Nike jerseys won't stop tearing. This is so far the new. It's the new new NBA ball from a so. Seven. Oh my god! I forgot about uh, that. <laughs> Rebuttal, Tim. The the synthetic... Well, I'm not saying that the jerseys are aesthetically displeasing. Oh, they are not. I am saying that they are of poor craftsmanship. Which is weird <laughs> because, like, I, the player... Like, the replica ones that we as fans can buy, perfectly fine. Albeit we don't have 6'6 six, six men grabbing them with their bare hands and ripping them. Right. I, with stuff like this, and I, I think that Nike is a company that will get it fixed, you know, whatever, <clears throat> but... I always hearken back to this quote. Uh, I forget who said it. It was an astronaut. But they asked him, what was the scariest thing about going into space? And he pointed at the rocket ship and said that every piece on this was made by the lowest bidder. And that's kind of how I feel about these Nike jerseys is Nike got the deal. And they were just like, Meh, make the jerseys. And <laughs> just, you know, churned out some half-assed work. And now they're, you know... I. <laughs> God damn it, no they, pun intended. They're reaping what they sow. <laughs> <laughs> they look great, though. They really do. They look do. great. They just need to fucking work better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that, that, that's they're, me. They're really, they're really just recycled Kroger bags <laughs> that they printed on, you know? <laughs> Tim, who's impressing you? Who's depressing you? Impressing me, guys, I'm going to go with my boy, Damian Lillard. Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah. Bledsoe, Lillard, same person. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, Lillard has been he's, he's been good his whole NBA career. It's obviously not like some big, giant surprise by any means, but his budget beater against the Lakers in a game where Lonzo guarded him really well was awesome. Um, and did you by chance see the side-by-side they did? Yeah. The that, one with 2K? 2K? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Really neat. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think Lillard, we talk about all these great point guards in this league, and there's a ton 
And for some reason, Leonard's always left out. Like it's like you know, it's Kyrie, it's Steph, it's Hart, it's Paul or Harden, whoever's playing point at the time. It's Isaiah when he's healthy. It's this guy. It's this guy. It's this guy. And then Lillard's always in that like six to nine region, and I think that's unfair because he's a damn good point guard. Um, so I was really, really nice to see. You know, he's hitting deep clutch, clutch shots. His assist numbers are getting up a little bit more. Portland's six and five right now, and he's kind of been steering that ship because CJ McCollum hasn't really clicked yet. There's they're still waiting for that. Um, also impressed me. I want to mention real quick the Marcus Cousins in the year he's having, showing he's the best center of the NBA right now, and it's not close. Um, D pressing me. I'm gonna go with the Oklahoma City Thunder guys. It still feels like it's where Russell Russell Westbrook's got to do everything. Um, they are a very feisty group as they're always fighting with officials. They're getting to be pissy. Um, you know, and then I, I get it. They're still figuring things out with how to use Mello and Paul George. And they're, but their bench hasn't been really good yet. And I, we all thought that was going to be it. Raymond Felton is extremely out of shape right now. They're losing games. They should be winning. They lost to the Kings last night, guys, the Kings. And that was, I think that was at home. That's the sad part. They lost to the Kings of one win in their on their home court in what Alex and I should say should be called the Thunderdome. So I don't know if I'm worried about the Thunder. I think in a one to ten, I'd probably say they're probably I'm probably worried as a three. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that for all the shit Cleveland's getting for how bad they are right now and how everyone's freaking out about them, no one's really saying bad things about the Thunder when they're basically playing the same exact way. I, I think that is more to the tune of one, Cleveland has LeBron, and two, Kyrie Irving's current success in Boston, and the whole like Kyrie wanted to be like, oh, I want to run a team, I can run a team, and he is currently leading Boston, you know, albeit alongside Al Horford and a very very competent coach and Brad Stevens. Uh, I think it's more not so much putting Cleveland struggles to. Oklahoma City struggles, but more so juxtaposing Cleveland struggles with Kyrie's success, because that's that's the storyline coming into this season. It's not the current influx of, of super teams that are starting to kind of amalgam through through the league, or amalgamate, I guess, through the league, but uh, rather just Kyrie wanting to step away from, you know, Big Brother's shadow, and is currently doing better than Big Brother. I, I get that, I do, but I mean, it's not like they didn't just put a, like, a quote-unquote super team together out there to try to make one last run at it and then sign Russ to this big deal. Right. And Billy Donovan's a guy that gets a lot of, like a lot of rep too. He's not as good of a coach as Brad Stevens, honestly, obviously, sure. but he's a damn he's, good I think coach. He's, he's better than Tyron Lue. Oh God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And we're, we're starting to see the holes in Tyron Lue's coaching. You mean the, we're going to play nothing but ISO on offense and just it, do whatever you want on defense. It's it's not Mike Brown level of incompetence, but it is a situation where I think <laughs> we're not seeing. And I, I talked to this with you guys a little bit. He is not an adaptive or reactionary coach. It's he's very much. It seems like that if he and granted, I, I, I said this to you guys last week too. Uh, that you know they traded their star point guard for a point guard that's injured right now, and the point guard that was backing up the point guard that they traded their point guard for also was hurt at one point throughout the season too. So they were rolling out like kind of a gimped lineup, but that doesn't excuse Tyron Lou from running the exact same offense. And I think there needs to be more reactionary you know measures from him, but. Uh, Anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. I don't want to overstep on on your guys' time, but I didn't get to talk about Cleveland last week, so that's that's my two cents on that. Uh, moving on, sorry, Tim. Keep. It's so hard to not talk about them because they're such a you know they're such a they're such like a huge story regardless of what's going on because they're so they're such a dramatic franchise. It's like I try so hard to like I talked about this last week. I try so hard to not talk about them as much. This week, obviously, I went to a game, so that was hard, but. They're just they are just so easy to talk about because they're just so high in the spotlight. Yeah, I think that's too because I mean you've got the best player in the world there. Well, yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely more of a case of they're they're going to be more in the limelight because there is so much that you know just travels with LeBron, which is what Kyrie wanted to get out of. But <clears throat> Tim, is there anyone else that is depressing you or upsetting you? 
unsettling uh, rustling your jimmies. <laughs> yeah. I gotta admit, man, Alex, when you were gone last week, I talked to the moon about Victor Oladipo and the year he was having. And since I meant that mention, the Pacers have lost uh, three in a row. So, there's that. Oh, crap. I'm so sorry. Last thing I want to say in press. I hope I don't take this from Sean. Christos Porzingis and the Knicks right now are on a roll. Holy shit, he's unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you're not hamstrung by their very expensive purse that they were carrying around with them for a very long time in Carmelo Anthony. So, Sean, bring us home. What's got uh, you mad? What's got you? What's got you smiling? I, you know, I'm, I'm, not mad or smiling. I'm just, I'm just cool, man. I don't really have any, but cool, uh, Sean Mackey, they call him. So cool, Sean no, cool. <laughs> I'm just I'm, indifferent. I'm um, such a hipster. You've never heard of me. <laughs> I'm also uh, very impressed by Porzingis. He's the uh, second leading scorer in the NBA right now, and Giannis is number one. It's like the way that we thought it was going to be two years ago already. That's the prophecy foretold. Yes, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm very happy for Porzingis. But no, uh, besides him, uh, I'm just going to start with my, my, my depressed. I'm depressed by Brooke Lopez right now, and, and it's because I, I feel like Brooke Lopez on a team like the Lakers with a facilitator like Lonzo Ball should be getting more shots, should be making more shots, should be scoring 20-some points a game. Uh, Especially after the three-point percentage that he threw up last year. Like, just randomly added the three-point shot and, like, became, like, the best three-point shooting center in basketball, like, in one year. And uh, he's just kind of disappointed me. And... He's kind of done that, like, his whole career. He's never been a great rebounder or anything. Um, But, uh, I mean, I just think he should be putting up more than, like, 16 points a game. There's really no reason why he shouldn't be putting this up. Now, he's on a better team than he was on the Nets, and I know he kind of dominated while he was on there, but it was, like, a quiet domination where he wasn't rebounding a whole lot. Um, He's great in the post still, but I just... I feel like he should really, really be getting some more offensive opportunities on this team. I know they got a bunch of young bloods running up and down the court, uh, you know, doing, you know, what they can to get bigger contracts. You got Ingram, who's out there really trying to prove himself. Julius Randle, who we mentioned is probably going to end up getting traded by the end of the year. You know, along with, you know, the new guys, Kyle Kuzma um, and, um, and Lonzo Ball. So, I mean... They've got a lot of guys, you know, vying for attention right now, but I just, I feel like Brooke Lopez should be just putting up some serious points, and he, he's not doing it for me right now. So, um, and I'm mainly salty because he's on my fantasy team, so. <laughs> taking it personal. I, I, I'm taking it personal, yeah. Uh, impressed, uh, like I said, Porzingis, and I, I think this is a great segue for me to say, holy crap, welcome back to the NBA, Poppy Portis. What happened there last night was insane. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so for a second it sounded like you called him Poppy Portis, and I'm like, Pop- whoa, old Poppy. Old no, Poppy <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, his game last night was incredible. Now, I mean, I don't. He's always been kind of uneven when it comes to stats, but it's just hilarious that he's he's uh, you know trying to uh, play for minutes, you know, play against uh, Nikola Mirotic, you know, and they're vying for minutes uh, with one another and. Punches Miritich, completely ends up putting him out for at least a month, and to a point where it's rumored that he's requesting a trade and wants to no longer be on the team because the team is doing their best, apparently, to keep them separated, which I think is kind of an interesting fact about them. So They're bulls. not. I know, I know. They are just, I mean, <laughs> it's poor, poor management. Poor management. <laughs> but the thing that's so funny is, even though Bobby Portis was the one who was in the wrong and he injured... I think the the one player in in the NBA right now I, who I believe has a no trade clause, they injure him um, completely. So and and it's it's only benefiting Bobby Portis because you know he probably I, I think Laurie Markkinen would have probably ended up outplaying them in the beginning and probably would have taken Bobby Portis's minutes. Now Bobby Portis comes off the bench last night in just twenty four minutes. He was able to put up 21 points. He was up, he put three, or I'm sorry, 13 rebounds, four assists, uh, one block, and I believe he was 
three for five on uh, on three pointers last night. So I mean, he put on a show. I mean, they lost. So there's that, but I mean, the fact that he literally took out the competition by knocking him out and the Bulls are okay with him coming back after eight days and actually playing him, I mean, it, it, it looks terrible in the organization, but man, go Bobby. <laughs> you know what they say, if you can't beat them, <laughs> beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Yeah. And take their job. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching him for a few games. I'm I'm curious to see what he's gonna do now. Do you think Portis was is like Reinsdorf's goon? That he's just like <laughs> he's just like, hey, that fucking Serbian bitch got a no trade clause. Go beat the shit out of him. <laughs> we'll make him request it. We'll only trade him to the Nets. <laughs> it's, it's like how and it's like how we used to break contracts in, in the old NBA 2K games where you're like, oh, you have a no trade clause. Well, I'll make you request a trade by benching you. This one's like, well, I'm going to make you request a trade by punching you in the mouth. Does, does that still work? I guess it I probably takes a few. Probably takes probably takes a few games. This is the longest yeah, I've I'm gotten sure. in 2K without Plever playing with the Bulls, so I haven't mm. tried it yet. Yeah, that should. I mean, if you go against what they signed, that should tank, you know, their their morale and get them to want to trade. At, at least in my GM. Right, right. I don't know, yeah, I don't know about my GM colon the next chapter, but that's neither here nor there because this has been 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes, you can check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com for all the goods and goodies that we have been posting in the good old digital text format. Be sure to subscribe on your podcast service of choice. Leave us a review. Help us get found on iTunes because your love helps other people find our love. And we make a podcast baby or love tree. I don't I don't know what a love tree is. Uh, be sure to keep your eyes out for more Court Stormers coming every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Except this week. We out. couldn't make it work. All right. Except for this week. Yeah. Make the it week work. that Leangelo Ball gets arrested in China, we can't make it work. Ah, that'll make for a good story one day for his kids, though. But uh, be sure to subscribe on that if you never want to miss an episode. Uh, follow us on Twitter at 48 Minutes Network. Network spelled without the vowels, so 48 Minutes NTWRK. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 48 Minutes NBA Podcast. Or send us an email and get involved in our loopy-ass conversations at 48 Minutes Podcast, all one word, all spelled out, at gmail.com. And until next week. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Tim. Heal Hayward. And good night.